Welcome to the Marketing Chief Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Collins. In this bonus episode, we continue our conversation with brand strategist Brian Tipping, partner in the Jakes Group. In this first section, Brian talks about his inspiration for choosing a career in advertising. And I was, um, I was in a, uh, a meeting where the creative director for Chevrolet was talking about a campaign they had done for the, um, the Chevy S10, okay? And at the time I was an S10 owner. Uh, so, so, so I was really interested in this. And, and I remember buying, buying the truck, thinking to myself in my mind, I really like this because I, I was going away on the weekends. I was a young man, I was throwing stuff in the back. I was like, this is kind of a modern day equivalent of a man and his horse, right? And so I'm in, this, I'm in this presentation where the guy's walking through the creative strategy and he brings the creative strategy up on the screen and the line literally says, modern day equivalent of a man and his horse. <laughs> so somehow, somehow that went from strategy to creative to um, articulation and expression and sent out. And it caught, and I caught it. Yes, I don't know how I caught it, but I caught it. And what they said in their brain, I said in my brain. And it made me think to myself, I wanna do that. It's, it's like when I, was in, when I was in public speaking, I wanted to reach the audience. I wanted to move the audience. I wanted to um, persuade them or make them laugh or whatever it might be. And somebody had done that. Somebody had decided, that's who I wanna to talk to. That's who I want, what's what I wanna say. And so when it happened, I was like, this is a really cool business to be in. And I was actually going over to the agency side. I don't want to say it was as a favor, but it, was, it wasn't meant to be a career at that point. It was meant to be a way to, for me to grow my experience, to understand what the agency side, how it works, and to help out, a, help out a good client. The discussion continues as Brian and I talk about the discipline behind great creative advertising and the discipline of great creative, emotional creative yeah. We've we've gotten away from that a lot, I think, generally. I don't um, I don't know when wacky became the new creative, yeah. right? Uh, uh, and I and I like wacky. I just don't think you can shoehorn it into every brand and say, let's put flying fish and farting cows uh, up on the screen and put our logo over the top of it and say it's 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 good to go. I I'm amazed at the <laughs> yeah I'm I'm amazed at the insurance companies who all yeah. follow the same yeah same playbook right yeah and it's just it's just not it's not a fact i can't tell you the difference between the gecko and the emu yeah. and the i mean you know you can but you know what it, but i i couldn't tell you the difference in their products let's put it that way i can't tell you i can't tell you why to pick one over the other they're they're they don't do anything for me there's the one um Maybe the one uh, where they said, hey, we've been there, we've seen that, we've done that. Yeah. There's that, I, again, can't remember the name of it. <laughs> Maybe progressive, I'm not sure. No, it's not progressive. Um, anyhow. It's interesting it's, it's, for it, me because if you're like if you're like I am, my, my kids and my wife get mad at me because I talk to the TV. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's, um, you too, huh? <laughs> I, I'm not saying that that the industry is in a bad place. I'm saying that um, I've never liked bad advertising or gimmicky advertising or inauthentic advertising. I think there's better answers. Mm -hmm. I think, um, um, as of, and as a, 
as a marketing and brand professional, when I see stuff that is kind of, you know, not thought out or doesn't make sense or in some ways compromises the brand, it bothers me. It yes. bothers me because I don't understand why they're doing it. I don't understand how somebody could sell that. And um, it also in some ways gives gives branding and marketing kind of a little bit of a black eye because um, we kind of all get swept into that under that blanket of marketing and advertising. So if there's if it's great, then we can claim it, right? And if it's bad, then we have to own it. So it's um, it's it's a little complicated at times. Should companies take a position on social issues? Brian outlines guardrails for brands to consider. I'd be remiss if I didn't tap into the strategic brand mind of Brian Tipping. Okay. You're talking about things that we have here in our country. Yeah. Should companies in their marketing address social issues as part of their advertising and brand or should they stay on the sidelines? Um this this is by no means a dodge. And I think I think each brand will have to kind of look inward and decide where they where their heritage, culture, um, positioning, um, where all those things lie. Okay, because there are brands out there that certainly who were built on the idea that our brand um, is involved and um, sensitive to and passionate about social issues. Those brands exist, and those brands should not stray from the what they've always done, right? If they need to chime in about, um, Patagonia is a great brand. It's a very authentic brand, right? And uh, you kind of know where they stand on uh, things related to um, the ecological system, you know, the planet, those, th there's, there's a, and they, but they, they own it, they commit to it, they've done it forever. So I would expect that if there was a debate or an issue around one of their core beliefs, that they would sound off about it, that they would somehow say, you know what, we've been doing this a long time. It's, it's, it feels odd for us not to do something. There's some huge issues in our country today, right? Um, um, I, think, I think there's a lot of um, misinformation. I think there's a lot of missing information. Um, I don't know if brands are the best um, spokespeople for social issues. Um, I think that we're, I'll just, we're a divided country, right? We look at the last election, we were close to 50-50, right? It was, right. it was, it was, um, there's a lot of people who, who are unhappy today and a lot of people who are very happy today. Right. Um, but, but that wasn't, it was not like you're talking 80-20, right? Or, or, or 60-40, you're, 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 so any, anytime you, take a position as a brand, whether you should or shouldn't, there's a chance you're, you're isolating some of your most loyal customers who, who appreciate you know, your positioning and your heritage and your quality and um, your, your, your customer service and they've been loyal for 15 years. And all of a sudden you say X and they disagree with X and they passionately disagree with X mm -hmm. and they, and they decide they're not going to 
work with you anymore. Trust me, if families can be divided over these issues, <laughs> brands and, right. and, and, and customers can be divided over these issues. But but also what I heard you say early in, in your response, and I, and I appreciate you, you tackling the question because it's a, it's a tough one and it's tough. one that, that, that we all wrestle with. But, but you said kind of if it's consistent with the brand and what I, what I read between the lines is if it's authentic to the brand, right? You're not, you're not saying brand should be everything to everybody. So don't offend anyone because you might offend some, some, some brands may say, we want this slice of the market and we're going to, we're going to stand for X. It could be very liberal. It could be very conservative. It could be whatever, but this is what we stand for. And this is who we are. And this is what we know. So then it makes sense for us to yes, engage or no, not engage based on who or what they are. Is that fair? And, and yeah, brands are supposed to be beacons, right? Mm -hmm. I, did, I did some work for a, a university, um, Bluffton, Bluffton University, Bluffton College, Bluffton Beavers. And um, the, the what city is that in? Pardon me? What city is that in? In Ohio. Okay. Thank you. But, but um, the nuance here is that they were a, I believe Mennonite, it's been a while, um, but they were, their brand kind of skirted that, right? If they, the worry was that if we, if we lean into that too much, we're going to, we're going to um, shrink our audience. And the way to win is to expand our audience. Uh, and logically you can say, okay, I can get behind that, but brand wise, I can't get behind that because brand is being who you are, what you are, letting people know why you're that and telling you that, um, if this, if this is something that appeals to you, if this is something that you like, if this is something that you would advocate or you can get behind it from a brand perspective. Um, come on, right? We know we're not for everyone. We can't be, um, but that's okay because we know who we are. You know who we are. So come on in if you like us. Mm -hmm. um, we shifted our strategy at Bluffton when we leaned into the spiritual side of it. And I may get these numbers a little wrong. Lori Worth would have to come back and, and straighten me out on this. But I want to say that when we launched the new brand and the new campaign, um, admissions applications fell by maybe 20%. Um, admissions went up by 12%. Okay, so, we were so applications were down, but you were getting the right people. Right. So I could, I could spout off a more articulate case study if I needed to, but the bottom line is we were true to the brand. Mm -hmm. We let people know what we stood for and what we offered. Um, the nice thing about that is um, you've heard it a hundred times. Um, my dad used to say it. Um, tell the truth. It's easier to remember. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's not necessarily the right thing to do. It's, it's easy to remember. So so if you're a brand, tell the truth. Be authentic. And, you know, the hard part about the social thing too, the, the issue where the brands are weighing in, I think it makes it hard on the, the employees are the stewards of that brand because there's a good chance they don't agree with that corporate stance. Half of them, mm -hmm. right? 
So how do you, how do they feel when the brand is saying X and the culture internally is going, I don't agree with that. That's some internal external brand conflict that I think, you know, is hard to um, justify and overcome. And it all comes back to being authentic and true to the brand, having a, having a strong brand purpose so that if you have a strong brand purpose, the people that you're attracting as employees, they're behind the brand. So if you do those things, or I think of Ben and Jerry's as a, yep. you know, yeah, they're, they're great ice cream, yep, but they have, a, they have a very specific worldview. Yep. And, and it's not, it's, I mean, it's reflected in some of their flavors and, and yep. their titles, right? And so if you're working there, you know what you're getting into, you know that, hey, you support that, that's what they do. Yep. If they did something that was outside of that brand, you know, conversely, Chick Fil A has a has a has a different Absolutely. brand yep. as well, and so you know that going in. I think where the trouble is, and what you're talking about is for brands that are in the middle, right? Yeah. They, they 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 don't really they aren't purpose driven in that way, yeah. and then it, it does kind of make it tough on employees. I think Brian reflects on his work with the Smithsonian Institution. You worked for Smithsonian Institute for a while. Did some work for them. Yep. Yeah. Lemelson Center. Mm -hmm. so t talk to me about that. That that was pretty interesting, from what I recall. Well, I think what's interesting about it is um, um, the Smithsonian is a big brand, mm -hmm. right? And um, and as um, as daily as everyday consumers, you don't know that, right? You don't know that there's a Smithsonian. And then there's the history museum, but there's other museums. And that within the history museum is the Lemelson Center, which is the innovation museum. Um, you just know it's the Smithsonian, right? So it's one huge complex. It's it is. So but fun the interesting to visit. thing is that um, is that the Smithsonian markets not because they they need revenue, right? They're paid for. They're yeah. they're. You paid There's for no, it. I paid for it. Well, yeah, we taxpayers pay for it, right? Yeah. So, so it's not like a, it's not like um, when you do work with the Pistons, right? That you're trying to get seats in, in the door for a certain event or a day or whatever. It's not like you work for Domino's and you're trying to put butts in seats and sell more pie on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a, it's actually more um, more noble than that. It's more. We want to educate people to what we do so we can draw them in and they can appreciate and take advantage of our resources, these awesome, remarkable resources yes. that exist. Um, because if we don't tell people, they won't know and they can't come, right? Mm -hmm. So um, there, we worked on, I work specifically on innovations. Inno what I think was interesting about working on Smithsonian is um, <laughs> the halo effect that that has when you're talking about brand work, right? So I could list out 10 brands that I work for. You just did it, 10 brands that I work for. I've worked for Domino's, I've worked for Lazy Boy, I've worked for Dollywood, I've worked for, you know, whatever those, Johnson & Johnson, whatever those brands may be. I've worked for Smithsonian. Oh, tell me about Smithsonian. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, I worked with some great people there. It was an awesome project. Mm -hmm. I hope to work with them again. Um, I, I'm a big history buff, and I love um, uh, kind of um, understanding the culture and the people I work with were historians, 
right? They, they weren't they weren't marketing people. They were people who just they're there because they love history. They're there because they love the they mission, love the curation of of, mm -hmm. of of pieces and elements. Excuse my creaky chair. On what um. And, and and they want to share that. So the the, the it isn't it isn't about um, how can we make more revenue, which is an, which is a fine goal, right? It's a it's a it's a it's capitalistic great. Let's make some more money. All right, I can help you. Um, but let's let's um, share what we have here with people. How can we get people to come here? Um, and experience what we have to share because it's important. Um, and that's that's a different mission and that's a different approach. If you like what you hear on the Marketing Chief Podcast, be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app or YouTube and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time on the Marketing Chief Podcast.